Welcome to Real Personal Finance. I'm your host, Scott Frank, CFP, CFA charter holder, and founder of Stone Steps Financial. And I'm your host, James Canole, CFP, MBA, and owner of Root Financial Partners. The premise of our show is simple. Money can be confusing, but it doesn't have to be. Our goal is to answer real personal financial questions that we hear from our clients and our listeners. Each episode, we answer one personal financial question in a clear and understandable way. Because money is a tool. And when you understand the language of money, you can make better decisions to improve your financial life. Hi, James. Hi, Scott. How are you? I'm great. We have a fun one today. So fun. We, you're thrilled to be talking about this one. We, we, anytime, you're thrilled to be talking about everyone. What am I any, talking about? Anytime we can talk about debilitations, it's just exciting. Oh, debilitations. Gosh. What are we <laughs> talking about today? Doesn't sound fun so far. Yeah. So I, I, you, you brought it in, so it's your fault. This is my question. So the, <laughs> I'll take blame for this, but it's a good question, and it's an important one, whether it's for you or whether it's for a family member. I think it's important to, to know this. And the question is, it's essentially long-term care insurance. When do I need it? Do I need it? What does it protect? Um, just everything about it. And so I think we want to just give a basic high-level overview of what is it? Uh, why do you need it? How much might might it cost? And, and just some of those details. Yep. Sound good? Sounds great. So let's start with this. Let's start with just covering what is long-term care insurance. Or not even long-term care insurance, but what is long-term care? Yeah. And long-term care, it's just it's it's it are it's services that are designed to meet a person's health or personal care needs when they can't perform those activities on their own. That sounds like an amazing definition. So let's 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 give some actual examples. Uh there are what are considered activities of daily living, and there's yeah. six of these things. Yeah. And they are eating, bathing, getting dressed, toileting, transferring, continence. Mm-hmm. Those are your six activities of daily living, or ADLs. You might right. see them. Right. And so really just, can you take care of yourself Very at the most basic by. of levels? We're not talking about major medical concerns here. It's really just, are you able to take care of yourself on a daily basis? Right. Yeah. And if you can't? you are going to need some type of long-term care. Yeah. Long-term care comes in a variety of forms. We'll talk about those, but it's just someone to assist you because you're no longer able to take care of yourself and all those those manners we just discussed. Right. And so the the key is that those things, normal ADLs, eating, bathing, and, and getting dressed and all the others, that's not covered under medical insurance. Right. It's, it's not something you necessarily go, need to go to the hospital for, need treatment for, things like that. It, it can be, but it's just things like, do you have someone to assist you, yeah. to eat, to change you, to bathe you, things like that. Right. Um, and so because it's not covered under your traditional health insurance policies, that presents a problem for some people. Right. Because sometimes these can be, not sometimes, but a lot of times this can be very expensive, and it, it comes down to how are you going to pay for that. Yeah. So like, let, um, tell you what, why don't we look at in San Diego County... If you were to need some long-term care, like what are the costs around the county right now? Yeah, let's go over those costs. And, and Genworth actually has a great tool that we can link to in the show notes that show you based on what county you live in and based upon what type of service you might need, how much is the average cost for long-term care. Okay. Uh, but these numbers are for San Diego in 2019. And so in San Diego in 2019, homemaker services, which is just help with general household activities, whether it's meal prep or chores or things like that. It's going to cost about $64,000 per year to hire someone for that type of long-term care. Wow. It's a lot of money. 
Yeah, I know. I know you pulled these stats from there, but the thing I hear, I see that, and I'm like, whoa. Um, why finding a nanny should have to cost the same amount? And it doesn't, luckily. But, uh, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, that's that's crazy. Yeah, yeah, and that's homemaker services. Now there's something called adult day healthcare. Sure. So is, that's taking them to like it's truly like a just similar to childcare, but it's adult daycare. Yeah. Yeah, it's a facility that supports whether it's uh, just just living needs in kind of a group setting. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a chance to socialize. It's a chance to have people to help with kind of some basic functions. Yep. But it's not individual care, and it's not kind of full time permanent care with mm-hmm. the one on one treatment. But it is it's it's somewhere that you can get some assistance um, in a group setting. And the cost for that, because it's a group setting and it's less one on one care, as we mentioned, it's it's about twenty thousand per year. Yeah. So it's still a good amount of money, um, but it's a little bit less expensive than the other options. Mm-hmm. Then you start getting into some of the options I think a lot more people maybe are, are familiar with. So assisted living facility. This is just a housing facility that provides assistance with things like um, dining programs. You know, you're going to have yep. a few meals a day. You're going to actually live in this facility. You're going to have different educational activities. You're going to have social activities. So it's a place where you can go get assistance and still be provided for with food or social or recreational type needs. Yeah. The cost for that in San Diego in 2019 is about $57,000 per mm-hmm. year. So again, a good amount of money. Yep. And then the most expensive options are going to be the nursing home. And with nursing home, you can either get a semi-private room or a private room. If you want the semi-private room, it's about $112,000 per year. And if you want a full-on private room, it's just under $137,000 per year. And you can see how that's going to add up if you need care for any prolonged period of time. Yeah. Now, the difference between nursing and assisted living is a nursing home is just going to provide some more medical and personal care mm-hmm. and more of a clinical setting, whereas the assisted living is more of a social setting. Yep. Um, you're not going to have that full-time caregiver necessarily like you would with, with nursing care or nursing home. Yep, absolutely. And you Does know, that make sense? It does. We're, we're not going to dive into deep, deep, deep into this today, but anyone who has a family member who's looking at an assisted living facility or a nursing home, um, sometimes you'll get offered to be able to buy into them and do all these things and just, right. just be careful and find an expert um, because there can be like, you can move into an assisted living facility, for instance, where they won't have memory care. Mm-hmm. And then eventually you'll need memory care and they'll kick you out when it's time. Right. Yeah. And then you still have to go find the memory care place. And you've bought in and sometimes it's a sunk cost. You yeah. So just back. be really careful. Um, buyer beware for sure. When it comes to buying into assisted living and nursing homes, just make sure you really know what you're getting. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So those are the costs. And I think a lot of people, they say, well, my gosh, I hope that doesn't happen to me. But the reality is... Yeah, let's look at what what, what is people. the reality. Because it's not going to happen to everyone, but it is going to happen to some. Mm-hmm. What, well, let's shake down the numbers. So AARP had some stats mm-hmm. on this. And 52% of people um, who are turning age 65 will need some type of long-term care services in their lifetime. Yeah. So, so that's, over that's just over half. Yeah. Yeah. Barely yeah. most, but... Most. It might be better than the divorce statistic, actually. I think so. Yeah. Well, that's good. That's <laughs> a bright, brightens my day. Make it even more morbid. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. So 47% of men who are older will need long-term care during their lifetimes, and 58% of women older than 65 will need long-term care during their lifetimes. Yeah. Totally makes sense, because men almost always die first, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, pro tip for today... Anytime you go create, like when you and Ashlyn go get your trust in place in the future, mm-hmm. guess whose social security number you should register the trust under? Ashlyn. Exactly. And I almost always see the male's social first. And I'm like, why are you guys doing that? You're just making it harder for the wife when, when you die because it's 
almost always the way it happens. And you're saying that because if the husband passes first, then the wife's going to have to re-register the trust into her social security. Right, because his social doesn't do. exist anymore, and it becomes this whole thing. Meanwhile, if it's just in her name, like, or in her social, like, the trust carries on. Yeah. 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 Good pro tip. Yeah. Um, okay, so to digress, so we know that clearly there, there's a high, a, a likelihood. It's a coin flip essentially for for men and women on whether or not they're going to need long term care. So it's something to consider. Yeah, not only do they are they more likely to need it, but what about how long they might need it for? Right. So that's what we're getting to next. So what's the length of time? Because I think sometimes when I when I heard long term care, to me, I always go to like, oh, you know, if I get Alzheimer's, I'm going to be. I'm going to be there until my body won't, will still be here, but I won't. So that's right. always the scary one to me. Um, but the average is two and a half years for women and one and a half years for men will need long-term care. Um, and then 14% of people will need long-term care for longer than five years. Yeah. Okay. So you can start to see where these numbers add up. Yeah, now, if you're looking at sixty thousand, one hundred thousand, one hundred twenty thousand per year for sure. potentially five years, not a ton of people will need it for that long. But potentially, that can very quickly drain any retirement savings that you might have uh, yep. in retirement. Absolutely. So here, th- this is, I think, the cr- the crux of the issue. There's a high likelihood of needing some type of care, and there's a high likelihood that that care won't be cheap. Mm-hmm. So, so what do we do about it? How do we pay for it? What are some of these options that we have for covering? these long-term care needs. Yep. So obviously you can use your own assets and your own cash flow to mm-hmm. pay for it potentially, right. right? That's one place we could look. So your pension, social security, any savings that you have, um, investment income, hopefully everyone's been listening and has portfolios that are working for them now. Yeah, by now everyone should be multimillionaires if they listen to our podcast, right? If it was only about knowing, if all they had to do was listen, everyone would be great. Yeah. And we wouldn't even be doing this anymore because we would be loaded. Um, but no. Um, but yeah, so looking at the assets that they have is the first place to look, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but there are there is long-term care insurance that you can look at purchasing as well. Yes. Yes. And so long-term care insurance, what you're essentially doing is if you're saying that you don't want to have to rely upon your savings or investments or any other assets that you have, if you want to buy insurance to to potentially cover these expenses for you, um, there's some confusion about what long-term care insurance is. And let's start what it's, with what it's not. Okay. What it's not is it's not just a catch-all that says, if you buy this policy, we're going to cover every single expense you ever have, regardless of how much it is, regardless of how long it lasts, uh, you're covered. It's, mm-hmm. it's not like that kind of maybe a health insurance coverage might be in some cases where you're capped as to how much you might be out of pocket for this. Right. So it's really going to pay a certain amount of coverage. In all honesty, if, if you guys remember, listeners remember, before Obamacare passed, um, almost all health care, po- health, health insurance policies that you would get would have a lifetime maximum inside of that policy. So it would say like, oh, we'll be willing to cover you guys up to X million of dollars, mm-hmm. and then we're done. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that's essentially what's happening in a long-term care insurance policy is they're saying, we will cover up to this dollar amount based on you paying in these premiums. Right. They'll say, we will cover up to X dollars per day for your assisted living facility or your nursing care, whatever it is. And we will also, in addition to having a daily limit, have a lifetime cap. Mm -hmm. For example, we might cover up to $500,000 of expenses. I'm just throwing a number out there. Um, And once you've hit $500,000 of long-term care expenses that we reimbursed, 
you're on your own at that point. Mm-hmm. So I just want people to understand that when you're buying long-term care insurance, you're not necessarily saying that you're never going to be on the hook again for any of these potential expenses. Yep, You're going to have a chunk of that, potentially all of it, depending on how much you need and for how long, um, but you're going to have a limited amount that's covered for you when you purchase that insurance. Makes sense. Now, what you're going to do is you're going to buy a certain coverage amount. You know, you might you might say, okay, I want three years worth of coverage, and I want to buy $150 per day worth of coverage. Mm-hmm. I think I'm just throwing r- random numbers out there. Um, but you can dictate and kind of specify in the policy how much coverage you want, how long you want it for. Um, and then what you're going to get is you're going to get a premium where the insurance company is going to say, this is how much how many dollars you need to pay each year in order for us to insure those benefits for you at some point in the future. And that premium, we've seen that all over the place. Yep, it, it can be a, a couple thousand, three thousand on the low end. It can be several thousand dollars on the high end, um, and it's going to be based on the amount of the coverage you get, how old you are, what type of health you're in, your your gender. As we just mentioned, females, mm-hmm. it's, you typically live longer and are in long term care facilities longer. It's it's more expensive. Yeah, than and for we're to get a policy. We were actually chatting before the show about how we've seen that. Um, policies when they were first written the underwriters thought they knew what the costs were going to be and then the costs are vastly different than what they thought they were going to be so now they're actually going through a repricing that we're seeing a lot um, where the insurers are going back to the states because insurance is always regulated at the state level and they're coming back and saying oh hold on we actually have to raise premiums a lot to get this coverage to work because we're losing money on this and insurance companies while they're there to help you are a business they Mm -hmm. they need to make money as well so um yeah we're it's 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 expensive it is yeah and and that's you're gonna see costs all over the place and this is why it's so important to shop around the policy for the best provider because you're right it's it is difficult sometimes for insurance providers to know what it's going to cost to fund what to them is a future liability of mm-hmm. funding your long-term care expenses. Yep. Um, so yeah, the, the premium is going to depend, but do your homework on that. And then you are, you become eligible for benefits. So assuming you have a long-term care insurance policy, if you have a long-term care issue, uh, your, your insurance provider will say, if you cannot uh, do two of the activities of daily living that we discussed, mm-hmm. washing, bathing, eating, etc. Mm-hmm. If you can't do two of six of those, or if you're diagnosed with dementia or another cognitive impairment, mm-hmm. then you become eligible for long-term care insurance, yeah. meaning they will reimburse you for the expenses that you're paying up to the limit on the policy. Yep. Makes sense. So one thing to keep in mind, too, is there um, because long-term care insurance has become more expensive, I am seeing um, hybrid policies out there as well, yeah. where essentially you're getting life insurance, but then they, they add a, an, a rider a writer essentially means they add to the contract and they add build into the contract that there are um, long-term care benefits built into that policy. So then you, it's helped lower the cost a little bit. But this is honestly an area where you need to talk to an, uh, an expert who's not the person directly selling you the policy. Yes. <laughs> like, like, but because there may be a need for it, you just need to see whether or not it makes sense for you. Yeah, it's an alternative to just a traditional long-term care policy is is a life insurance policy, like you're saying, with that rider. Um, definitely something you want to consider. Yeah. So when should people look at getting long-term care, thinking this through? They should first take a big step back and understand, do they even need it in the first place? Mm, yeah. And a lot of people will, but, but many people may not. And that's mm-hmm. not to say they won't have a long-term care event, 
But the first question is, could you fully fund any potential long-term care events on your own? Yeah, I mean, we were just looking at that, what, like a year and a half for for a guy right now, if that's the average, is $210,000 right there, right? Mm -hmm. Is that about right? I think it was. Yeah, yeah. something in that in that ballpark. Yeah, and then for 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 mom, if I'm worried about mom doing it for two and a half years, is three hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, if if we actually hit those exact average marks, which never actually happens in life, but just um, talking back of a napkin. So yeah, if you if you have the funds to pay for that easily, you perhaps don't need long term care insurance. Yeah, if you're comfortable knowing that it may come out of your savings or your investments, or maybe you have a great pension from where you worked, or maybe you've got a, a second, you know, a rental property, a real estate property that you could potentially sell if you needed to, to fund that. There, there's other options for it. So if you don't yeah. need it, it may not be worth the expense because it can be very expensive. Right. Uh, the second type of person who may not need it is is kind of the opposite end of the spectrum, of someone who has uh, very low income and has exhausted a lot of their assets they may qualify for Medicaid. Mm-hmm. Now, Medicaid, there's not going to be as many options for what it's going to cover, but it's just it's essentially state-sponsored long-term care yep. where you're going to get state benefits, um, and that's going to be covered for you. Now, be careful with this because if you're kind of somewhere in the middle, you can't just gift all of your assets and all of your investments to family hoping that the state's going to see that you don't have anything that's, that's fraud, and then they will track that down, and you'll be caught for that. Um, but if you are low-income... Um, you may qualify for Medicaid, in which case it wouldn't make sense for you to purchase long-term care. Mm-hmm. So with that in mind, starting if, if you should even have it in the first place, if the answer is yes, then you should probably start looking into pricing out a policy somewhere between age 55 or 60. Yeah. Um, if you start too early, you're paying premiums for a long, long time. You may not need this until you're in your 80s or so. Mm-hmm. If you start paying when you're 50, it's a lot of years of paying for coverage that you may not ever need. That adds up. Right. If you start too late, then the price may become too expensive. You may price yourself out of potentially being able to have or afford long-term care insurance. Yeah. Does that make sense? It does make sense. Um, yeah, it does. And the, the other side of that with the with the starting too early is they, the insurance companies can keep coming back and raising rates. Right. Right. And so when they raise rates on people, if you're locked in to maybe into your retirement and, and it's a budget line item that you have for yourself now and they come back and say, we need to double this. Yeah. And you just really don't. And it's, let's say it's five grand. It's going to go to 10. Well, now all of a sudden you have to make a choice. You can either figure out how to pay the 10 and have to cut back on something else, or you can reduce the, keep the payment the same, but then you're gonna have to reduce the benefit. Right. So it's, it's kind of a moving target, which makes it tough to, um, to tell you that there's a perfect solution. Yeah, and if you're if you're in your 50s or even before that, who, who knows? You may just work a lot longer than you thought you would or save a lot more than you did, and, and you may have more than enough assets to cover everything. Um, and just kind of a rule of thumb for people to, to look at this, annual premium, so kind of understanding how much more expensive does it get every single year that you wait. If you're in your 50s, annual premiums increase about 2 to 4% per year. So if you have a policy that just use a round number would cost $1,000 when you are 50, it might cost $1,020 when you're 51 or $1,040 when you're 52. So it increases, but not very much in your 50s. Once you're in your 60s, on average, policies increase by about 6 to 8% per year in terms of the price of that policy. Mm, so yeah. you can afford to get by in your 50s as you're figuring out if you need it. And then probably somewhere between 55 and 60 determine, do you want to pull the trigger and lock in a policy? 
So, um, and then for the younger listeners out there who are like, oh my gosh, I want to do something about this, but I don't want to think about this right now. Um, we did an episode on HSAs a while ago. And we also did the, we talked about the fact that if you don't need to use an HSA, just save it and let it go forward. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, if you, if you just took your HSA for 30 years and got a 7% rate of return and put seven grand away as a family, yeah. it'd be worth $760,000 by the time you got there. Um, which could be used for all medical policy. expenses. I don't actually need to go double check if you could use it for this. I don't actually know that off the top of my head, but I'm sure the other medical expenses that you have, you could. Yeah, it'd be yeah. interesting to see. Yeah, you could. You can. You know mm-hmm. that for a fact. Okay, mm-hmm. wonderful. So that's probably double check this before we hit publish, but yeah. Yeah, cool. If not, just take this part out. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's what, a, what an amazing, you know, so there are, there are ways to start saving today. Yes. Um, that you don't necessarily have to lock into a policy on. Yes, exactly. Um, other considerations. You know, one thing that you can plan for is you, you can't plan for a lot of this, but start living healthy if you're not already. Uh, th- this, it tends to be something that impacts people that haven't been as healthy. So if yeah. you can live a healthy life, not only are you going to benefit from that today, but you may not need as much long-term care down the road. So, I mean, that's just option number one. This this sounds really weird, but I was because it's a little touch out there, but I was watching TED Talks the other day, and it was about this Harvard study that had been done. And it was the first time they fully studied people from when they were about 19 all the way through their lives. And they studied kids in the poorest communities of Boston as well as Harvard grads. Yeah. And do you know what they found was the number one marker of someone living a long, happy life? Did they have long-term care insurance? No. They just had quality... <laughs> Um, social structures, social structures. So they had great relationships in their lives. So what you're saying about live healthy, I fully agree with, but live healthy into having great relationships with people. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Pro tip number two from Scott. Right. You did say family can help, which that is family helping. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the next point is with considerations. Uh, are you on your own for this? Yeah, you know, that's if, so if, true. If, if you need assisted living or nursing care um, and you're by yourself, yes, you're probably going to need to plan for that. But do you have family or do you have – now, this is also something you want to kind of be delicate with because you don't want to burden family right. to say you have to take care of me or you're my only option. But you may have family that's willing to or able to help you with some of this, meaning you don't need as much in terms of uh, what you're paying for. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you can always sell assets if you need to, like your house. Yeah. You, you don't maybe don't want it to go there, but you could. Mm-hmm. I mean, another, it's like a, it's a, it's an aside as well, but some if you have a house fully paid for, sometimes people look at doing things like getting uh, a reverse mortgage, yeah. not to use it, but to allow the equity in the house to keep growing to a larger dollar amount they could eventually use for home care or something like that. Yeah. The downside to that is if you ever need to leave the house to go to an assisted, to go to like a nursing home or something like that, those um, reverse mortgages are designed. So if you don't live in it, the house, you have to sell it. You then. Sell it, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But your, your, your home can help, especially where we are here in San Diego. If you have a paid off home and you're in retirement and need long-term care, you probably have several hundred thousand dollars of equity in that home. That yeah, easily. Not, not, not that that's goal number one. Obviously, it's probably great to leave that to family or just to keep it in case. Um, but if you needed to, that's something that could fund this as well. Mm-hmm. So I think the point of that is just long-term care insurance is not the only option for meeting long-term care needs. There are other things you consider with family or, or your home or just trying to live healthier in general if it's you know soon enough to begin doing that. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, I think that's all I got. Anything, any more pro tips before we sign off for the day, Scott? I think two is great for today. Two? Okay. Keep it there. We'll save the next one for next time. All right. All right. Thanks, Scott. See ya. 
Thank you for listening to episode number 27 of the Real Personal Finance Podcast. We hope you're enjoying the show. And for a list of the resources and notes from today's episode, please head over to the Real Personal Finance website at realpersonalfinance.co and find episode number 27. If you're enjoying the podcast, please subscribe and let us know by leaving a five-star review. It would help more people find our show. And we always like getting five-star reviews. If you have a question you would like for us to answer, then head over to the Real Personal Finance website and there will be a section on the bottom of each page where you can submit your own question for us to answer on a future episode. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time. This podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes only and should not be relied upon for a basis for investment decision. This podcast is not engaged in rendering legal, financial, or other professional services.